Has Thai food taken over your town when once it was the bold, nay, surreal colours of sweet and sour pork or special fried rice from the great Australian Chinese takeaway? I love the ones that still offer Australian meals for those who think pepper is just a bit too spicy. What happened to all these great Chinese restaurants across the land? You know the ones, the Red Lanterns, the kind of uh, circular brick archway as you enter the Jade Palace or the Lotus Inn. Uh, They survived the MSG scare of the uh, sort of 1990s, but maybe not the tide of Thai food taking over the country because they are undoubtedly part of our culinary history. Plus, they are oh so nostalgic. They forgot the spring rolls. Hey, babe, what's up? They They forgot forgot the spring spring rolls. Oh, your dad and spring rolls. They're just cooking them now. Forget them, babe. The kids must be starving. Not living without spring rolls. Say, see you, Mum. See you, Mum. Yeah, Bandit knows what's what. You can't live without a spring roll. Tell me about the classic Chinese restaurants in your part of the world, particularly if you're listening to this in regional Australia. What do they do well and have they stood the test of time? 0418 is the text line. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, John in Victoria says the Toy Shan Chinese restaurant in Bendigo is first class. So many great dishes. Uh, Dean in Templestowe says, don't forget the tofu. There's no foo like tofu. I'd love to hear from you. Tell me about the uh, great Australian Chinese, particularly Cantonese restaurants in this country and uh, tell me what they do well. One fan of the regional Chinese restaurant is Benjamin Price, the uh, regional editor for The Age newspaper. He wrote this wonderful article about these sort of much-cherished restaurants. Uh, In fact, Ben, he's not really always appreciated these unique offerings, God forbid. Benjamin, tell me, how did you change your view when you went to write this article about these much-loved Chinese restaurants? Where where, where did you start? What was your impression of them when you started? Well, I guess I, I became reacquainted with them by doing a lot of driving around regional Victoria since I became regional editor of The Age in 2020. And I just was struck by how many there still are in um, in regional towns, even in really small regional towns. Those long-standing old-school Chinese restaurants seem to be a crucial part of their identities. So I guess you know the I was I became interested again in the decor, in the exterior of these places. But even more than that, I, I wondered who who are the people who are who are running them, who have fed generations of really loyal customers and how is it that they've managed to hold on for so long? Yeah, you could make a connection back to the gold rush. I mean, this servicing of a demand in certainly rural or regional parts of Victoria. And also you could make an argument about the wonderful integration in terms of migrant integration that they have achieved. What were some of the highlights when you went to look for these restaurants? Tell me about some of the people. Well, I just loved watching the scenes unfold in in these restaurants and I loved seeing the familiarity between the restaurant owners and the customers. Um, There was one place that I went to in Euroa, um, sort of in in northern Victoria, where the the place was called Flam Shan, but everyone just called it um, Connie's or Ken Ken and Connie's after the the owners. And there was just this beautiful familiarity between the – 
between Connie, who was the front of house, and the customers. So people would come in and it would be, oh, hi, Eric, what are you having today? Is it the usual? Or, or, or another woman would come in and she would say, okay, so how are we going to finish today's meal? Is it going to be, um, you know, the, um, uh, the pineapple fritters or is it going to be fried ice cream? And all of these dishes were just the they're, – they're the kind of the dishes of my childhood. Yes, and, me too, um, me too. I'm taken I'm, – I'm so taken back to when I would – always ask my father, and this is very bandit from Bluey kind of humour, but I'd always ask my father, but how do they do the fried ice cream? And he would always inevitably answer quickly. I mean, this is the stuff of nostalgia. <laughs> it, it, it absolutely is. And there's just this kind of beautiful mystery to, um, to fried ice cream. And um, I, still, I still feel like there's a, there is a, there's a magic to it after, um, all these years of eating in these places. Um, but you know, for me, it wasn't always like this because as a kid growing up in the eighties and nineties, yes, we ate in a lot of these places, um, like my my family. But when I turned about uh, in my early twenties, I went to China and I lived in Southern China and I happened to live in a city that was a newly established city. So there were people from all over China that had migrated there and you got, I got exposed to this kind of amazing range of regional cuisines. Until then, I'd never really had dumplings. I'd never had Sichuanese hot pot. I'd never had, you know, northern Chinese food. And I came back to Australia and I remember thinking in the early 2000s, where, where are all those places? What's, what, why can't we get kind of dumplings easily here or, um, or hot pot? And I kind of turned my nose up at the, um, at the kind of the old school Chinese um, restaurants, um, especially as we got, did get that sort of greater variety of um, what I considered, at least anyway, more authentic Chinese cuisine. But um, I'm back on board now with the old school Chinese <laughs> restaurants. I think they're amazing places and they say a lot about us. There is actually a, a, a pub, it's actually a brewery, the Bob Hawke Recreation Centre in Sydney uh, in the inner west, which proudly serves up this nostalgic fare to a generation of uh, today's pub goers who probably don't understand some of the iterations of Cantonese migration and then the sort of 80s era. My wife spent some time in China as like you. She's, she lived there for a year. And so whenever I suggest, so let's get some Chinese, she's like, great, which dumplings are we having? I'm like, no. No, 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 no. I'm talking about Australian Cantonese Chinese. This is a very specific genre. And I've traveled like I know you have to other parts of the world. And the Cantonese fare is kind of similar. There's a lot of pineapple, there's a lot of MSG, and there's a bit of food coloring, which is kind of what we like about it. When it comes to these rural um, and and regional uh, Chinese restaurants in Victoria, are the next generation taking them over or have they already taken them over? How is the kind of family... Uh, dynasty uh, approaching these small businesses? Yeah, in my experience, in the ones I've spoken to, there was generational change, but it wasn't like give it, handing on from, you know, the parents to children. Um, in that sense, the people I spoke to, they had, it was a, like the classic sort of migrant story. Like they went, like the parents started these restaurants or they, or they took them over from somebody else. They worked like absolute crazy Um and um, they put their children through university and, you know, their children ended up doing, you know, kind of really stable white-collar jobs. And in that sense, it's like the classic migrant story. But I do think that there are kind of waves of new people, new migrants coming in and taking over some of these restaurants. 
Um, so it's not kind of handing down directly one generation to the next, but it's kind of, you know, there's, I think there, at least in my experience and the ones I spoke to, there was, um, it was more like them being sort of passed around rather than handing down from, um, you know, from the older generation to the younger. To that point on the text line, uh, Alex says the classic Chinese restaurant has changed its name and menu only really because they're now Thai or Japanese restaurants. I know uh, from my own experience, a lot of uh, Japanese sushi places near me are actually run by Korean families, the kind of enterprising families that exactly like the Cantonese uh, came to this country to maybe uh, find a better life and get good jobs and education for their children. I'd love to hear from you on this. Uh, Tell me about the classic Australian Chinese restaurants near you. Are they going out of fashion? Are they getting taken over by Thai? And uh, what do they do well? Is it salt and pepper squid? Is it uh, Mongolian lamb? Or is it beef and black bean? I don't know, beef. Yeah, or, you know, the classics, I mean. 0418 uh, This text says uh, yeah, Brookvale uh, in Sydney on Sydney's northern beaches has a classic uh, yum cha. That's always a bit of a fan. I'm a fan of the yum cha. In Young in New South Wales, they've got this classic Chinese restaurant called the Walk and Roll. Uh, says uh, Melissa. Uh, this text says, I prefer the traditional Vietnamese restaurants personally, a bit generic and know any of the variety you'd find in Vietnam, but the quality is good nonetheless. And this one, I grew up in the 80s and my dad lobbied the council to uh, stop a 7-Eleven milk bar going in because we already had one of those. Instead, we got a Chinese restaurant. I think it was the first in Surrey Hills at that time. So a lot of uh, nostalgia associated with these kinds of restaurants. Tell me about yours, 0418 Let's talk about the food. Obviously, that's at the heart of what these restaurants offer. Has it changed at all? Are they are these restaurants adapting or are they just knocking out what they know people know and love? Well, in my experience eating in them, they the, the menus haven't changed that much. And I think in in that sense, they almost operate like a franchise um, because you can go to um, – you know, one of these restaurants and you know more or less what you are going to get. You know, I guess, you know, kind of maybe 80% of the menu will look completely familiar to you. But that's the appeal, I've got to say. I mean, that that is why you go. You know what you're going to get. Well, I agree. And and although these restaurants are independently owned, they sort of support each other like an ecosystem, I reckon. Um and um, and I think you know, like the the food that I had was really it, the, the quality was really consistent, and um, I always came away feeling like you know I've I've had a, I've had a really good feed, and um, uh, and it was certainly you know like I reckon it was I reckon it was pretty good quality. It's not health food, but you know you just can't kind of come away feeling really, really satisfied. (laughs) (laughs) Something um, magic about it. Uh, Well, perhaps not. It's just all MSG. Lastly, Ben, I'd love to know, what is your favourite dish in all of the um, sampling that you've done across regional Victoria? If you had to choose one dish, what would it be? Uh, It's like you're you're making me choose between my children. Um, (laughs) But I had had sweet and sour fish in... um, uh, in uh, in Euroa in in Victoria, and for some reason it just did it for me. Like just the the batter, the crispiness was just right. 
the source was just so kind of familiar and nostalgic. And it just, it was quite early on in my, you know, in my sampling, uh, you know, in, in my, in my research. So it just kind of like, I don't know, it did, it did something chemical in my brain. <laughs> Very quite literally. Yes. Uh, yes. It, it was a magic, uh, read in the age. I strongly encourage you if this uh, conversation's whet your appetite to read Benjamin Price's piece uh, in The Age. He's the regional editor. Great to talk to you again, Benjamin. Same here. Thanks very much. It's easier than ever to hear your favourite local and national ABC radio stations live and on demand on the ABC Listen app.